Hey, Ryan, we want to remind people that we have uh, created a LinkedIn group for the Digital Broker Podcast. Both Ryan and I monitor the comments and questions that are there. The episodes are posted there. Uh, Comment on a particular episode if there's something you didn't understand, something we didn't explain well enough, a question you might have. Uh, go ahead and leave those comments there, and we'll uh, we'll monitor those, we'll respond to those, and we may post our own questions to you um, well, as you as you uh, go to the group. So, to join, you just go go into the search bar. It's on the top left of that LinkedIn screen. Uh, search for Digital Broker Podcast, and and make sure you choose groups. And then uh, you'll need to request to join, and we'll uh, quickly uh, get that approved as fast as we can. And then you'll be part of that group and able to. Uh, interact with us, ask questions, and let us know what you think. And as we see stuff, we'll give you a shout out, like uh, Olivia Smith. I think she's our like super fan, you know, <laughs> but she had a great, great comment on how to leverage data effectively, and it's something that we'll, we'll have a podcast on. But I think both you and I, Steve, we want to have a community. You know, we don't want to be talking at people. We want to be talking with people. And this is a way that we can build that community. I'm all about collaboration. I feel like you have a collaborative spirit. That's why we get along so effectively. And we want to bring these agencies and these folks that want to help make it better into this space. And so that's what it's about. So I'll try to, 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 to post stuff in there. But please don't be afraid to, to post any questions, anything you want. You know, let's, let's make it really cool for 2019. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio software helps agencies save time and money by turning the application and renewal process into digitally enhanced online forms. Take all your applications, put them into one electronic form, send that electronic form to your client, and Indio software will populate back to all those applications. Yeah, I'm going to add, um, I was just on the NetView income forum, and somebody had asked a question about Indio, and current user uh, wrote this back. I just copied it out. We are using Indio and absolutely love it. It's a way of automating, managing, and streamlining the application process. Uh, So that's from an actual user. You can learn more about Indio and register for a one-on-one demo at www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's www.useindio.com slash podcast. Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. I'm Steve Anderson here with Ryan Deeds, and this is another episode of the Digital Broker Podcast. And today, uh, we're going to do perhaps a little bit different conversation. We're going to peek out a little bit into the future in terms of where things are going It's likely those listening have heard about chatbots and voice computing. You might not have heard it that way, but Alexa, Google Home, some of the voice assistants, guided conversations, and what impact that will have on agents and uh, brokers. So uh, with that, Ryan, we actually have a a special guest with us, uh, Duke Williams, who is in the studio with us and actually has done a lot of work in this area. So Duke, let me ask you to give a brief introduction of who are you, where you're from, what do you do? Well, uh, Duke Williams from Durham, North Carolina. It's a good name to have in Durham. Everybody looks at you like you must have been related to Been related family. to somebody, yes. Right. And while you're not, you take credit anyway. <laughs> and 
I've been in the insurance business for a long, long time, and, and my particular joy is merging technology with insurance. I have a deep interest in thinking up new products and new uses of technology, so today's episode is right down my alley. Right down your alley, and uh, Duke and I have known each other for a number of years now, and I can actually vouch for uh, you thinking uh, several years ahead of where at least the industry is thinking. Um, I think my job has always been to see what we could make money on five years down the road and get it started and then turn it over to people after it's going so that I can not have to hold a job but keep, keep <laughs> looking for another one. Keep keep, keep thinking, uh, you know, right. what's, what's coming down the road. Mm-hmm. So um, chat box, voice, uh, you know, the term I, I like is guided conversations. You, we hear a lot about it. Well, first, let's, let's say that chatbots are not the little thing that lets people talk to somebody online, a real person. Chatbots are an AI. They're, okay, so they're, let's, they're yeah. a machine. Let's not talk a about these terms. And See, I don't know if I agree. I mean, I think that a chatbot is anything that provides a instant back and forth with a user now if if that user is flipped over to a human that would be seamless right. Mm-hmm. right i mean that's to me it's the merging of it now I, I agree totally with you if somebody says i've developed the chat bot and they have a human sitting behind that technology right. and that human is doing all the work and they're pitching it as a technological solution that's that's not right and i bring that up because when i talk to agents uh, they always are understanding me to say you mean you know the thing that's there so that they can chat and my staff can see it and we can basically text on the computer that's their understanding right. of the term chatbot so that's the reason i bring it up to say right. that's not what we're talking about today yeah so um how would you define chatbot i would define a chatbot as a rule-based conversation that you can have about a specific context. And it can be text or it can be voice. It could be any uh, media, you know, so it could be voice questions and text or data responses. It could be text or data uh, questions and voice or data responses or text responses. So any combination of the media that you want to use, but it's a rule-based, automation-based system. And so rule... I I agree with that. I I agree with that. I think that... And I think it's interesting because the evolution of chatbots have changed a little bit. We went from this very, like, wide spectrum of, hey, a chatbot can do anything. And then the end user experience was extremely nebulous because every time you (laughs) type something in, we we don't do that. We don't do that. To more tightly defined uh, bots on what they can do specifically and what they can't do. What falls inside their purview and what falls outside. I, I like your description. I always say we're moving past the world peace stage with the development. When any new technology mm-hmm. comes on, it's going to create world peace. That's right. Know? Exactly. I love <laughs> but that. I that's love not that. going to happen with this. <laughs> so you've done quite a bit of work here. and it, So the terms you used, uh, context... Mm-hmm. So, so explain a little bit of that and, you know, perhaps give some examples of chatbots that you've created. And again, to Ryan, your point, you know, very specific um, in terms of what it can answer or its uh, scope of expertise. That even is the right term. Yeah. So uh, context is the limiting factor for any automated response system. You have to know what somebody's asking about. Um, So for Siri and for Google Home, it's a general 
intelligence type thing. Trying and to be. Trying to be, trying right. To and that's the most difficult thing of all. But once you get narrowed down into a specific vertical like insurance, uh, you can't use those terms with those general intelligence things. They don't mean anything to it. So if you say to Siri, you know, can you send a certificate of insurance to somebody? Siri says, well, I can turn the lights on or I can tell you the weather, but I don't even know what a certificate of insurance that's is. Right. And Google will return you some values, you know, that tell you here's some links to certificates of insurance information. Uh, so that's the context is you have to say specifically what this is about. So insurance, if you want to talk about car insurance and really be useful to someone, you need to know what state they're in. That's your context is you're talking about personal or commercial car insurance and is it in Massachusetts or Nebraska? And that's context. And I think it's a great point because I think, you know, just like all the terms that we talk about, Steve, AI gets this like uh, they're, they're, when you say AI, I may perceive it as one way. Steve may perceive it as someplace mm -hmm. else based on our experience. And so, you know, in, in chatbots that leverage a narrow focused AI, which is what all AI is today, really, mm -hmm. those those are more effective than ones that have a more general calling because the user doesn't know how to interface with those others. They don't know the limitations, the context. Right. And so for a small developer, what, I, what I've seen is keyword bots, which are different than uh, conversational bots. Keyword bots are bots that you type in specific commands and the bot does something. Right. right. Mm -hmm. Hey, I need a certificate. I put insert and then the, the customer ID and maybe something would pop up, right? Right. Instead of I want a cert and the 15 variations that you may have on that word, right? Using some kind of like natural language processing tool. But I've seen that the expectation that was created by consumers when you watch the back end of some of the um, bots that have been captured that are out there, right? like the stuff that comes in is just crazy. There's no way you could have ever uh, created enough mechanisms to capture it. Oh, yeah. We, we get people who ask. I mean, one of the great things about bots is they all track every query made. That's right. So you, as opposed to a search engine, you as the user of the bot can know every way everybody asks something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and some of the things are why would you ever think to ask me that, you know? Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, at, at any rate, are you familiar with uh, Betterment or Wealthfront, those, mm -hmm. those bots? Yeah. So when we first started working with this, that was our goal was to build, a Betterment is a, a financial advisor, retirement plan advisor program where, you know, you tell a little bit about yourself and it says, here's the plan you should have. And when we first started building this, we that was our goal was to add create a digital advisor that could tell you what insurance you might want to consider buying and then lead you on through the sale if you wanted to do that. And what we found is that nobody wanted that right. <laughs> from us. <laughs> you, know? you thought it was a great idea. But we we thought it was a great idea, yeah. Uh, so one of the things with bots is, and in the insurance industry, is not what do developers want to build or think would be cool, but what do insurance customers, and first, what do insurance agents think their customers would want? And those are actually two different things. So it's like, you know, fishing lure companies don't sell to the fish, they sell to the fishermen. Mm -hmm. You know, bot builders have to sell to the insurance agent, but what you really want to do is satisfy the end customer. Uh, so if you can combine interest in the agent and the customer, that's the perfect hit. It's just a challenge because, I mean, so often the consumer wants to understand insurance when they need to. Right. Right. When the mm -hmm. claim occurs, that's when I get very interested in the coverage that I had. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Before the claim occurred, I'm not so concerned with it, right? And Don't. so we've pitched this like this this uh, consumer engagement education piece, and I've seen 
a multitude of bots be try to cre- be created for consumer engagement. Um, and then it never pans out because the consumer doesn't the, the segment of consumer that actually cares is pretty narrow. Yeah. Right. So we built one bot that explains every single th- detail about the personal auto policy in North Carolina because I just happen to know that one very well. And nobody used it. We tried <laughs> to give it away for free. Nobody would use it. We thought it would be a good training tool. Nobody would use it. We built one that answered the question uh, in North Carolina based on your driving record, speeding tickets and accidents, convictions, things like that. You get a point system. So to explain that, so you could say, how many insurance points do I get for driving 70 and a 35? And it would tell you, you right. know. And actually, more people found that. Well, I would think so. so like the, the most successful one I've ever heard of is LawyerBot. Right? Yes, the one, very, the low, park, very good. The parking ticket one up in the New York. The parking ticket, yep. In, in New York where that guy created <laughs> right. it, where you can go and you can, it'll give you the filings, it'll give you all the things to it'll fight against fill the out the form. And, and the dude just made a ton of jack off. And that's why we, we, we did the points thing because we would say this is the number of points and this is how much it's going to increase your insurance costs but then we didn't have any follow through to make monetize it ourselves right. i mean i'm sure an insurance agency could but we did not so well and and so i think people listening may start you know okay i'm hearing this and if i put that out on my website or on a mobile app or on some other mechanism for the consumer to go get their answers there right? How many Mm -hmm. points or what coverage do I have on the North Carolina uh, auto policy? Um, Is that going to replace the need for an agent? No, not today. Well, certainly not today. And again, I want to peek out a little bit into the the future. It's an interesting, really interesting question. So I think that it will start by supplementing the agent and it will end always with the agent still sort of involved. But I think that it can replace them or you wouldn't have companies like Lemonade. I mean, that's just the way it is. So we built one that took the North Carolina coastal insurance needs. So for if you buy waterfront house at the North Carolina beach that's a million dollars or more, you have to have seven different insurance policies to cover it because of the limits of the different Wind, government plans. Right. Water. So for things like that, which have a very narrow expertise, that if you live in the mountains, you probably don't sell much coastal stuff, I think that that's an incredibly good tool because it can answer questions for you. Or the one you're familiar with about do you need rental car coverage when you rent a car at the counter. Right. Those are useful things because they're narrow. Yeah, and my my point on that one is that as actually one we built out is the standard response if a customer calls an agent, mm-hmm. I'm renting a car for my vacation, should I buy the collision damage waiver? What's the, what's the standard response? Ryan? Would, yes. Well, <laughs> the agent's response is yes. And the problem is, is actually it's much more complicated than that. You know, is it a business trip? Is it a personal trip? What corporate credit card, personal credit card, international, domestic, there's more complication. But here's what's even worse, is the agent could say, well, you need insurance, but you shouldn't waste your money there. You should buy it from me. And, right. And he should sell it to you. And that's what that bot that we built does, mm-hmm. is, you know, it takes you to a link where you can buy it online where in real time. Buy and it's cheaper, cheaper and broader coverage. Yeah, at the time, I mean, I'm, I don't know if the rates are still the same, but $10 a day for collision damage waiver. Right, that you can buy through 
web inter, you know website you know process they fill it out they buy it here's the pick it up this date you know return it this date and right so that's not a big revenue stream for the agent but it keeps your insurance all in one place yeah and for me that's that's such a key is having your client come to you for every insurance need mm -hmm. um, and I call them stupid insurance coverages you know rental travel pet well and the agents mean, themselves i mean they will absolutely that that is a core goal because you know the, the once they fragment the relationship and they can't offer that single point of expertise that they're opening it up a little bit right and so no i mean i think for most agencies that they if you could tie back you know a technology like that to being able to uh, handle coverages that they may not be awesome at mm -hmm. right like if you had a select account bot Right. right, that was very specific to this. Some agents just don't write select accounts right now. So here's the here's why I think you people are not taken out of it in this is the best use of best first use of this to get people to believe in it is for the CSR who doesn't know the answer to rental coverage mm -hmm. to know here's I click on this icon and it's going to walk me through a script and it's going to give me the answer and then it's going to take me to where I can sell this to the person. Mm -hmm. And so you're using the bot to give that person information that they're not expert at, but by reading what the bot tells them to read, they are an expert. No, I, I am totally in line with that. I, I believe, I mean, one of the reasons I brought Slack into our organization was because I felt it would give us a platform to bring some form of employee augmentation AI mm -hmm. in where you could take a MedMal expert and make them a trucking expert by via technology. They had great customer service skills. They had great question asking and analytical mind. They just didn't have a depth of expertise in X thing or Y thing. Right. You could supplement that very easily by plugging in this little micro tool. Bam, there you go. And it's also a good way to leverage the knowledge of your retiring staff by having them help build out this information database. All day. So... Um, yeah, another example of that, and this is some one I worked on, is the, again, employee augmentation, right, helping the employee with answering questions they don't commonly get. Uh, and I built out the domestic servant, servant work comp requirements for every state. So I have a high net worth person who is buying a vacation home. They're going to have a part-time caretaker in Colorado. Uh, to oversee um, what are the work comp requirements in Colorado. Well, I'm in Tennessee. I, I don't, I'm not versed on Colorado work comp requirements, but using the, this chat bot, um, uh, what guided conversation I think is maybe right. a more accurate because we're guiding the conversation. You put in the state, it comes back with what additional questions do you need to ask for that state. And then you answer those, and typically the questions are, how many hours do they work per week, per month, per quarter? What's their pay per week, per month, per quarter? And based on that information, then you can actually provide a recommendation or an indication of, okay, in Colorado, here's the requirements for domestic servants to be covered under workers' compensation policy. And part of what I learned, now I will probably never forget it, but there are about 17 states that have no requirement for work comp on domestic servants. Other states have varying requirements um, depending on, like I said, payroll and um, amount of hours worked in a time frame. And those time frames vary. But again, what would a person have to do in an agency that got that question 
they'd have to go reference, go call, go look up, go do something versus right. your exact same scenario. Here's the interface, ask the question, what state, and there you've got the answer. And this is where you run into context again. So could we create, the three of us, create a single <clears throat> bot that could answer any insurance question? And the answer is probably not. And the reason not is that if you ask about domestic workers' comp and your bot was all about driver's points in North Carolina, it wouldn't understand. Right. And, and, and you, know, you, you use the same terms, you know, when you say, what are, what are bodily injury coverages? Well, did you mean workers' comp or did you mean general liability or did you mean automobile? So with bots like this that are expert bots, you really would end up with, and you will end up with, a, a cluster of icons mm -hmm. or a drop-down menu or something that says, I want to talk about this yep. to get started. And that's sort of back to your point, Ryan, earlier, is very narrowed focus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think your knowledge perpetuation. I mean, I've thought often about the challenge that we have in agency spaces where I have a, a bunch of knowledge that is leaving the organization due to retirement and new folks coming in that are young, right, mm -hmm. or, and new to the industry, well, a, a smart agency would incentivize those outgoing individuals to and ask and answer a hundred questions of their own, right? Right. And say, look, if you an ask and answer in your domain a hundred questions, and then we'll give you $3,000 on your way out, mm -hmm. right? Man, after a couple of years, the, the money, the value that that repository would have and the stuff that you could do with it in a bot, or FAQ, however right. you wanted mm -hmm. to leverage it, would be invaluable. I, I just I, So what we did with one of our products, and I'm not going to get into all of our specific products we have, but we put and we replaced the help FAQ inside the product with a dialogue flow bot. Mm -hmm. And what we, the reason we're using dialogue flow is because it sees the question and how it was asked. Mm -hmm. And... Anytime that every day we have somebody look at what was asked of it the day before, and if there's anything that didn't get the answer we would have given, we train it up. We train it up, or we add a new question and answer, or whatever. The dialogue and that's really is, the, is their language, their NLP. Yes, on the Google who's, side. Google. I was going to say we need Google's, to find dialogue right, flow right, yeah, because okay. Lewis is Microsoft's, right? right? L U I S, same thing. Any of those tools would do okay. the same thing, but the value is that. If you took that same staff person you're going to give a $3,000 bonus to in six months for retirement, you set this up and made them go in every day and update it, sure. you would have gotten all of those questions and more. And the real value is these bots are extremely uh, – they're, they're like four-year-old kids. You know, if you ask a question one way, it understands it. But if you change the words around, it isn't going to understand it That's until right. you've trained it. And so the other value of going ahead and putting it out there for people to use – is to get as many variations of how to ask questions as possible. Absolutely. And and using it in-house is good because your staff will ask it lots of different ways. They'll ask the common questions that they get. And so they'll also get confidence in the answer that it's given, and you'll get confidence in the answer that's given. And at some point, after you've trained it well enough in-house, then you can make it customer-facing. So if you, if, if you write a bot and you have a uh, expertise in North Carolina coastal, and I'm an account manager in, you know, Colorado, never deal with this problem, but I've I've bought your bot because right. we have some clients there. And I take that advice that, that bot gives me and I give it to a client. Mm -hmm. Who holds the E&O? <laughs> well, it, it would depend on the license agreement, wouldn't it? Uh, for the, the license agreement between the bot. that agency and the bot? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there are, there are areas that you've seen where you would pick up that depending right. on what they pay. 
mean, as a software company, and I know this very well because we do software insurance, as a software company, we have insurance for that under our E&O, okay? That doesn't mean you probably shouldn't either because, as you know, everybody gets named in the suit, sure. right? Uh, but you also should work with somebody that you should vet. I mean, you should you should go through it and say, is this right? Or Because there is no third party that vets these things. You know, right, the, right. Na- there's no national association that says this is the right answer. Well, because they change all the time, too. I mean, fluctuations yes. mm-hmm. quite a bit. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just always one of those things that I think people get freaked out about. I mean, just but, like... But here's, here's a corollary to that. If you uh, use me, there's a record of exactly the question that was asked, exactly the question that was given, when it happened, so there's no dispute about what advice was given, and it's always the same. Whereas if your staff did it, it's not recorded anywhere. Sure. People's memory varies, and the answer your staff is going is, is, gives is going to differ from day to day. Oh, so. humans evolve quicker than bots do, right? Right. Because mm-hmm. maybe a person heard me answer <laughs> right. today, that was the wrong answer, tomorrow I'm going to give a different one. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah, absolutely. Oh, and there's there's massive benefits, I think, on that side. If you can get that, though, I see challenges with agencies. They don't even have a framework to get it in place in a lot of cases. Oh, that's that's very, very true. We, we originally built our tool not only to be an advisor, but to be a do-it-yourself, build-your-own thing, which all of these bot tools that you and I have played with are basically do-it-yourself mm-hmm. things. It's just what level of yourself is it? And people don't have time to do it yourself, which is why they don't have agency manuals that train people. Right. So... So you've done some work with Total CSR. Yeah, that's a really neat product. And so just uh, a reminder for listeners, um, actually, episode 21, we interviewed uh, Justin Goodman from Total CSR, uh, which is a, a training platform to take a new hire with no insurance experience and within a period, it all depends on how fast they go through the, the program, but is trained to function as a uh, account manager or CSR uh, originally for commercial lines, so standard commercial lines uh, stuff. And um, by the time this is out, probably uh, first quarter of 19, we'll have personal lines. And so you've had a conversation with them about taking all of their data, information, training, right. and put it into a different format. Yeah, so they've got like 1,500 pages of content, really good content on how to do this, but they've got no quick way to access it because they have an educational tutorial that you work your way through. And so if you want to know one specific thing, you have to page through, page through, page through. And and so we put it in our EchoSage tool, and then we, interestingly, we put the tool in a um, plug-in in the browser so that it's always there and you can use it whether you're in their program or not, just in your browser anywhere. And you can type in the question in the browser, and it'll come back with the response to that topic uh, from them. And it will also come back with uh, three to five related links to maybe you meant this if this isn't the exact right answer. So, uh, you know, it, it, it is a combination of a bot with a question and answer function and a search tool which says, but, you know, this is related or recommended if you need more. Yeah, that's really intriguing because the training, but then when I start working through, I may not remember right. the work comp audit provision for this, and I can quickly find that very specific right. answer. Right, and, and so I think that that type of thing that we're doing with them would be 
wonderful to have in your agency management system. So put the put your guidance on how to use the agency management system in a little plug-in that right. people can always see. Like a so, walk me almost that you did. Yes, that, yes. That was, walk me through. Or, yeah, yep. right. Yeah. No, I, I talked to Justin about that because I thought once I joined the Sharks, I was like, man, how cool would it be if you had a single source of truth, you know, where you could have a bot that anybody could ask a question to and it would come back. It might not be agency specific, but it was a normalized truth, right? right. So if I'm a 45-year-old account manager that's been in the game 20 years or if I'm a 24-year-old that's been in for eight months, the answer is still going to be definitively the same, right? Right, mm -hmm. And normalizes that. And I thought that that was pretty, pretty, pretty hot. And they had indicated that they were going to be working on some API stuff down the stretch. Yep. Mm-hmm. So another example, uh, and I, I, I know a couple agencies that have implemented this, is using the same idea but for renewal review. Yeah, we have a product for renewal review that people have been using now for several years for homeowner and, and automobile renewal managers. And it asks, it, instead of sending them a paper form that filled this out, although it ends up with the paper form filled mm -hmm. out, right. it asks them the questions in a conversational way. It works on their desktop or their phone, and, and a large majority—not not a majority, but a large number of people—answer on their phone mm -hmm. uh, because it only asks the questions that seem to have something next. You know, you don't have to look down the form and say, "Well, I don't have a dog, but it has these seven dog questions." I have to look at each of them and say, "No." Well, in a conversational format, you never see those dog questions if you don't have a dog, right? right. So the average time it takes for people to fill out these extended questionnaires is under three minutes. And as a result, they're getting back, uh, since the day one that we started this, they're getting back 17.5% completed mm -hmm. of these emails that are sent out, where normally on renewals you get less than one or two. Right. So it's been totally effective for the people that have used it, plus it leads to discovering upsell opportunities because, oh, yeah, we added on to the house. Right. <laughs> you know, we didn't bother to tell you. Yeah, I know a particular situation with an agency that was using this, and, you know, it was like a $150,000 renovation that mm -hmm. no one ever, uh, you know, said anything, which right. is not unusual. I mean, that's... So, again, know. like all good technology, it keeps an audit trail. So you can <clears> say, yes, I did send you this, and yes, these are the answers that you gave me. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. your fault, not mine. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So let's let's broaden this or add this. Uh, look, maybe a few years down in in voice. So we've got uh, Alexa, uh, Amazon right. Echoes. We've got Google Home. Mm -hmm. we, we have this growing number of voice. Why does everybody activated? skip Microsoft? Everybody skips mine. You never you never throw in Cortana, and everybody's <laughs> in a corporate in corporate America. <laughs> Almost all of our machines are Microsoft-based. Agreed. Right? Uh, but is Cortana being used? In, by, the, by the end users? Yes. Not today. But, yes. that's, but I also would say that in the vast majority of offices, I, I see a place for bots being a manager. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, I really do. I think that each individual could have its own manager bot. Right. Right? That would be able to, tr to help incentivize productivity over time. Right, it learns what your baseline is, and it, it helps incentivize how you increase that. But Cortana, to me, is the way into that because I'm not going to go stick a Google Echo on everybody's desk. You know, I'm not going to go put uh, put uh, the home everywhere. 
especially if I hit my Windows key and and Cortana is right there. But I, I do see it just downplayed a lot. I, I But I think that that is... I, I, I'm not sure I'm downplaying it. I'm just not seeing it relevant yet. I, no, I, th- I think that your point is correct. In the, the corporate environment, it should be dominant. But what the press covers is the customer environment. So so the consumer environment, obviously, right. the other devices are dominant. Nobody buys a Cortana speaker to have at home, right? right. Uh, so I think that's why you hear more about the others. But yeah, your description of Cortana it could become the corporate Fitbit manager, you know, where you haven't done your steps today. Or, or hey, you, 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 you took 15-minute break and you're only supposed to take 10. Right. <laughs> your, key, your keyboard was idle for eight and a half minutes and uh-huh. you're less productive today than you were yesterday. I mean, right. in my mind, and so... I just it's it's every you know we put we put in new computers with Windows 10 throughout and I think honestly it would be nightmarish if I had all my account managers talking to their computers at all the time it would just I can't even imagine how that would be it but would be. it is right there I mean but that brings us to the question of what is the value of conversational computing which is what we're talking mm-hmm. about here and mm-hmm. I think the value of the the big breakthrough with conversational computing is that Computers are learning to talk our language instead of us learning to do their language. And, and I think that is going to be a significant change. I, I think that is bigger than going from the World Wide Web to mobile phones because all you did was see the World Wide Web on your mobile phone. But to go to voice is that big of a change. And, and a, a podcast I was listening to last night made this point. When you when the web came out first, and if you didn't have a website, you didn't exist. But when smartphones came out, if you didn't have an app, you still existed because you had a website. But with these voice devices, if you don't have a skill, a Google skill or an Alexa, whatever they call Alexa uh, programs, you don't exist to voice. So one of the interesting things for your listeners to try is to ask Alexa or Google now, about their business. Or Cortana. Or Cortana. <laughs> That's right. About their business. And, and you know, with I don't know about Cortana, I just don't know the answer, but with Google and Alexa, you know, they'll come up and tell you something if they have it. Google's more likely to find it because of search. But then ask them to call that business. Alexa, if they know the number, will make the phone call for you. Uh, so, you know, interesting. Yeah, I think voice... Uh, I, I do agree as an interface, mm-hmm. wh- whatever the platform is, um, is very interesting. I and and um, I think what's coming, and I guess what I'm hoping agents listening to this, staff, people listening to this will just start thinking about, okay, how do I interact? with devices, getting information with voice, and what does that mean for your organization? What does that mean for your agency? Um, I was just, um, we're recording this after Christmas, and I was just up with uh, my grandchildren uh, in in Pittsburgh, three boys, and now a brand new daughter. But, um, you know, the two boys, older, five, a little over five, and and, uh, three and a half, almost have these Alexa battles of, uh-huh. you know, Alexa, turn the TV on or change the channel or, do you know, do this, do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, little peek into the not-too-distant future where that will be a common way of getting information. And so all of this is, I think, building on what will customer interaction look like 
in in the uh, as I say not too distant future and and you just touched on one thing and this is really true with the internet of things but more than that uh, you touched on your kids arguing about turn it on turn it off so it's not just getting an answer you know what show is on it's it's, action. it's actions and and that's what you you know your response to a voice command can be something like we built an app that you could ask what your coverages were and it would tell you. Or and then you could say, oh, send me a certificate of insurance and it would. Or then you could say, send me a driver ID card and it would do those actions. So, you know, those are great things you need to think beyond an answer to actions. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like I think you said, too. I think that the key is right now for me to develop something, I've got to go learn some mechanism. I have to learn Zapier. i got to go learn right. Python and learn these APIs and how they talk. The future is, if I can think it and articulate it, the machines will put it together for Yes, me, exactly. Right? Like, I want to integrate this with that, uh, and I needed to output it in this format. I believe that that, that is where we are headed. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's power. I mean, and I see it, I'm like, and, and how quickly my children learn today is just so astounding, more so for my six-year-old than my 16-year-old. But my six-year-old will learn anything that she needs to in any in a second. Now, it's I don't know that I consider what she needs to learn about the same thing that she does. <laughs> so like, for yeah. her, it's LOL dolls. You know, she <laughs> she knows more about LOL dolls than I'll ever know about. But she learned it all through YouTube and her voice searches and all that. Right. So the first rating, so, the first software we ever did was rating software: price homeowners, price car insurance, price commercial auto. And what we realized we were doing was we were putting all the people that manually rated out of work. And we did. I mean, there are hardly any of those left, right? What you're going to put out of work next is the people that know how to fill out a certificate of insurance or fill out an application. There will be no need for those people because you will tell the machine, Cortana, There will be no need for those jobs. That's right. Those, those people's knowledge, skill sets, if they make the choice to upgrade those jobs, upgrade right. those skills to more value, yes. there will be a place for them. And there's always, especially in these early days, but I think permanently, there's always a day, a job for people who do machine training because mm-hmm. a great deal of machine training is manual training. There are not enough instances of data on, you know, Wyoming personal auto to have the machine learn on its own. Right. It can't see enough information to figure it out. Somebody has to tell it. And that's well, a, another job that's really going to be in demand. Mechanical Turks, yep. man. I mean, that's what it's about yep. right there. Mm-hmm. And so... I think you got to be creative with your jobs down the stretch, for yeah. sure. I, 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 I see a bleak future for uh, unskilled labor. Well, what I like to think of, and this is, you know, uh, the, the end of our discussion, so I can say these things, but I think that what the technology for uh, digital assistants and voice bots and all of these things, guided conversations do, is it removes the restrictions of time and space. So. Instead of having to have Steve talk to you, we can have a Steve bot, and he can be talking to 12,000 people at the same time and answering a different question uh, from each of them at the same time. So that's a way to leverage your staff is how could you take your best staff and replicate them? Yeah, they just did, I just read this article where they had a, um, a, a hologram of a person that went through World War II in a, in a POW camp. Mm-hmm. Right in, in a concentration camp, and the the developer wanted to capture this person for all eternity, and that's what they did. They did this Q and A bot with this individual where they're a hologram, where you can sit in this booth and ask, talk back and forth. And I thought, wow, that was a really, really cool use of that. And so, t- thousand years from now, 
we may have a hologram of Steve <laughs> espousing wisdom. You'll never be able to get away from your mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope those of you listening have just gotten uh, maybe an idea of what to be thinking about now. Um, start playing around with it. Start thinking about how you might interact with your customers again in the not-too-distant future. Look at Cortana and Alexa and Google Home uh, as opportunities to experiment yourself with how voice can be used as a interface to getting information and knowledge. So hopefully this was helpful. Duke, thanks for being with us. It's um, been a thrill. I really enjoyed it. Appreciate it. And uh, we encourage all of you to uh, go ahead and visit our LinkedIn group, the Digital Broker Podcast, um, and uh, join if you haven't already and engage with us there. Leave a comment, a question, a response, or a reaction to this episode or any of the other episodes that are posted up on that group. Uh, we'd love to, um, to interact uh, with you. So, Ryan, another great conversation. Absolutely. And, yeah, we really want to see you in the LinkedIn group. Uh, we'd like to make that little community. So speak up. All right. Let us know what you think. Thanks, everybody. This has been another episode of the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds. Post your questions and comments at the Digital Broker Podcast official LinkedIn group page. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio allows agencies to turn their application and renewal process into a fully digital, modern customer experience. The platform comes armed with a preloaded database of smart digital insurance forms and applications, an e-signature solution, auto-generated proposals, and secure document sharing. To learn more about Indio, go to www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's useindio.com slash podcast.